Welcome to the world of unsexy. From scrap metal to timber, estate planning to freight pooling, this show is a meandering exploration of just how sexy unsexy industries can be. I'm your host, Elaine Zelby, investor at SignalFire and eternally curious human being. In this podcast, we'll peel back the layers of niche and esoteric markets, understanding the history and looking at the future through the eyes of the pioneering entrepreneurs willing to bring technology and exponential improvements to these often overlooked spaces. Join me on a fascinating journey into the unsexy. Welcome, everybody. My guest today is Cliff Fetner, founder and CEO of Soil Connect a digital marketplace that provides a better, faster, and cheaper way for construction professionals to transport and acquire soil, aggregates, and other building materials, saving their customers tens of thousands of dollars while also substantially reducing the construction industry's carbon emissions. Thanks so much for joining us today, Cliff. Oh, thanks for having me. So Cliff, I became fascinated by the construction industry about seven or eight years ago when I watched a YouTube video of a crane being installed at a large scale construction site. And it just blew my mind. Everything from how long the crane actually stays there, the fact that they poured a concrete foundation. And then I just went down the rabbit hole of construction. How did you first get into the construction industry? Well, what, what, what is so funny about your lead in is literally as we speak, I'm looking out of my window here, and there is a huge crane, literally, as we speak, li- lifting a module home o- onto a slab, literally. That's so, amazing. Just, that's just really funny, right? But the, the, the short story is uh, I, I'm a third generation builder and developer. And, and so from, from a little kid, you know, I was always on the job site, you know, playing on the trucks and playing on the, the equipment. And I was always fascinated by, you know, as a little kid. And I, I kind of never really left the dirt. And it's been that, been that way ever since. That's amazing. Yeah, I came at it obviously very different, but it's such a large industry and it affects us in so many different ways that we just take for granted. You know, you've been in the industry for decades at this point, so I'm sure you've seen your share of challenges and frustrations with the industry. Walk me through some things with your career that kind of led you down this path of creating Soil Connect today. Well, so Soil Connect, you know, came to be because it was about time that we solve the problem in, in, in the construction industry that's been there from the beginning of time. So from the beginning of time through 2018, when, when Soil Connect was born, it's the resourcing and the movement of soil that's never changed. And so how, how do we do it? How did we do it? And, and we would do it at, at, on the telephone and we would call our friends and our family and, and our neighbors and anyone in our industry who needed dirt. And then we would transact and make a deal. And we did it that way for, like I said, from the beginning of time. And so I had a problem on, on my own job site in the winter of 2018. I couldn't get rid of, of the dirt that was left over from the excavation uh, from my site and totally frustrated. And so there had to be a better way. And so Soil Connect was born. So really, what are we? Well, we're, we're a digital platform, right? We put information out there and we connect with like so many other platforms out there. So you mentioned before, everything was just kind of calling up your buddies. Walk me through what the status quo was, meaning who, you know, who needed different types of soil? How did you know what you needed? How did you know how much you needed? And then how was it actually transported? 
Well, okay. So for those not in the construction industry, people think dirt is just dirt. Right. And it's not. Okay. And, and so there are different types of dirt and, and you use different types of dirt for different types of jobs and, and, and situations that you have on the job site. And, and so once you're in the industry, you truly understand what, what dirt is and, and the value of, of dirt. And, and so many times when people don't truly understand that dirt is not really dirt, dirt, Elaine, is really a commodity. Okay. And, and when you think of dirt as a commodity, and just like, you know, gas and oil and lumber, what are all of those things? They're all commodities, right? And they're all bought and sold every single day of the week on, on three core principles, supply, demand, and timing. And so when you think of dirt, not as just dirt that you go outside and play in the park, but you think of it as a commodity, it kind of takes on a whole different look. <laughs> Interesting. What are some examples of different types of dirt, essentially, that people might want or need? So, you know, you have the basic, what we call fill, clean fill, and that's just an everyday type of dirt that we can use wherever and whenever we need it. But then you have like sand as an example, and then you have clay as an example. So sand is used very often in different types of, of construction processes, right? So sand is used by the drainage contractors and sand is used to, 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 um, to build, not to build, Let's start again. And sand is used in concrete, right? And sand is used to backfill foundations. So sand is a back to a commodity and, and has many different uses depending on who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Same thing with clay. Clay is a type of dirt, if you will. And there are certain very specific uses of clay, but clay is not quite as valuable as as sand. But, but my whole industry is really all about the, the, the cost to transport the dirt or sand or, or, or clay. It's, it's that cost that becomes very expensive. And so here at Soil Connect, what, what we do here is, and we talk about it all the time with our team, is we create closer connections. And that's part of what we're doing here. So we're, like I said, we're a digital platform and we're creating efficiencies and transparency in this old school fragmented world. And so the efficiency that we talk about is creating closer connections. And that is where a lot of the savings are found. That's where we're reducing the CO2 footprint. And so that's in, 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 in its most uh, simplest form, what we're doing here at Soil Connect. Interesting. Historically, before Soil Connect, how were you, or how was a company transporting the soil and who was responsible? Is it the buyer? Is it the seller? Is there a middleman? How are they forging that connection? Um, yes, no, and maybe sometimes <laughs> is that answer. And, and also, and, and that's what, again, what makes my industry so very interesting is that there, there is no black and white um, equation. Two plus two you know, always equals four. But in my industry, a buyer of, of material, maybe he or she has the trucks 
that can transport it. So as a builder, I never really owned, you know, trucks. So I was always relying on somebody else to transport the material off my site or to my site. So it, it's the, the negotiation of buying and selling and who's transporting is very negotiable, all depending upon who has the manpower at the time, who has the equipment at the time. And then here again, though, that's one of the things and the, and the problems that Soil Connect is solving on our roadmap here. So Soil Connect's mission statement is one-stop shopping for any and all your dirt needs, right? And so we started with dirt and we added different types of dirt. And then we added aggregates. And for those that don't know what aggregates are, it's stone, different types of rock products that we use under basements and under highways and under driveways is what we call aggregates. And now we also have on our site recyclables, recycled concrete, recycled asphalt, we recently added recycled glass. That's coming into the market now where you are crushing glass. And there are certain situations where you can use glass as a backfill for drainage. And so we have on in what we call our marketplace, all the materials that our users are buying and selling and transacting every single day of the week. But we're we're also going to be solving other problems in our industry for the same users. And so one of the products we just released is called e-ticketing. And, and e-ticketing um, in, in its most simplest form is electronic ticketing. And we are digitizing the ticketing process. So in the old days, in the old days, how do you keep track of dirt or aggregates that come onto your site or leave your site. Well, we used a handwritten manual ticket and the truck driver would get out of the truck and find me or the project manager or the operator machine. And you would literally write your name on a little piece of paper. And at the end of the day, that paper would go into the office and an admin would process it. So, what we're doing is we completely digitize that entire workflow and we're saving hours and hours and hours of time for admin and drivers along the way. Very interesting question around planning. So there's obviously two sides of the marketplace. When you're doing a project and you're excavating and you're going to have excess dirt, soil, aggregate, something like that, is that something that you know in advance and know how much you're going to have so that you can almost pre-plan and bake in the cost as part of the project? Or is that something that kind of happens down the road? I know that there is a lot of things around financing for construction projects that happens well before the project actually begins. So curious how that actually works. Yeah, so so as a developer, you know, the first step in the process is you would you will hire a civil engineer and then you would design the site, whether, whether you're building a house or an office building or a school, whatever it be, you would put the, the house or office building on the piece of property. And now the civil engineer would design the site and would design the amount of drainage and would design the topography. Okay. And then once you have that done, 
then that drawing would then go to an excavation or drainage contractor, okay? And you absolutely 100% know whether your site has surplus material, dirt, or you need dirt for your site. You absolutely know that before you break ground. And then that's, that's part of understanding your bid and your bid process is including the amount of dirt that you need to come to the site or, or get rid of. Interesting. And how about on the other, on the flip side for a buyer of that, is this something that they know well in advance what they need, exactly what they need and how much they need? Or is it something that while they're working on a project, a need arises and they're trying to get the materials as quickly as possible? Um, yes to both. Okay. So, so yes, you, yes, you do know what you need to do for your site prior to you starting, but it's not totally uncommon that you have you hit a, a a pocket of bad dirt or or you or you find a rock or a boulder that's in your way and you now have to pivot during the day or during the week to to do something else but you know nowadays you know there's plenty of investigation that we do prior to breaking ground you know we test the soil we drill and, you know, down into the ground. So we understand the different types of dirt we have, you know, the further down you excavate. So there is a tremendous amount of information that is available to us prior to breaking ground. And so, yes, you plan accordingly, but construction is construction. And yes, you always have to be available, ready to pivot depending upon what the circumstances. Is there an element of quality or rating to any of these products? Oh, 100%. 100%. So like in anything we do and anything we buy, you know, nowadays, there's different qualities of cars, of, of computers, of everything. S same thing with dirt. Based upon the, the type of construction, the type of product you're building requires a certain type of dirt to, to support the structure also, that's part of it. And, and so that's a long way of saying, yes, there are definite different types of dirt that are required and needed depending upon what the project is. And is that something that you're handling today with Soil Connect or is that something that either the buyer or seller is responsible for posting on the marketplace? Yes, yeah, so our, our platform is, is, is simple in the fact that we are putting information out there, okay? and our users will connect and then verify. So part of our platform is we have the ability to upload a geotechnical report, for an example. And we have the ability to upload a soil analysis report. Now, for those that don't know the difference, a soil analysis report will tell you if your dirt soil is clean and doesn't have any environmental issues with it, okay? A geotechnical report actually tells you the type of dirt you have in different layers going underground, as well as its capacity to support a structure, which is what your structural engineer will need. So on our platform, we have the ability, like I said, to upload this information, and then when two parties connect on our platform, then they exchange information, verify the information before they transact. 
This is potentially a silly question, but how is it measured? Is it measured in pounds, in tons? What are you ordering? So uh, dirt is measured usually two different ways. Um, one way is cubic yards is, is a terminology you will hear a lot. Dirt is measured in cubic yards. Um, aggregates, um, you've heard, I, I hear both depending upon what part of the country you're in, either cubic yards or more often than not, it's measured in tons. Okay. And so the way that works is if you're buying gravel, for an example, from a quarry, a, a dump truck will go into the quarry, it goes onto a scale, it measures the truck empty, then the truck gets loaded with the gravel or whatever material, and then it gets weighed again. And then a ticket is, is, uh, is re, re, uh, created within tons. And that's usually how aggregates are, are bought and sold. One of the things you mentioned a little bit earlier is how you're really trying to remove the distance that any material has to go because you can bring people together. In general, is that time constraint of getting material from one place to the other a major slowdown in construction projects? Or is it something that has been kind of baked in and planned? What is the average travel time? Well, that, that I can't tell you. I, I don't know what the average travel time is, but the the in the estimating process, when a developer would have a, a set of plans, like you know, like, like a site plan. So you have an approved site plan, and the developer will give it to an excavation contractor, for an example. And if you have, I'll just make up ten thousand cubic yards of dirt. Then in the bidding process, that excavation contractor, he needs to figure out where to bring this 10,000 cubic yards. Okay. So as an example, <clears throat> our average post on our platform happens to be 10,000 cubic yards of dirt. Okay. So. If you need to move 10,000 cubic yards of dirt 30 miles in the Northeast, because that's where I'm from, okay, it's going to cost you, believe it or not, $88,000. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. So the reason why it's so expensive is because, and because 10,000 cubic yards Okay, an average dump truck holds 20 cubic yards of dirt. Oh my God. So do the math 10,000 cubic yards divided by 20 cubic yards is 500 trucks. Wow. 500 trucks going 30 miles. So that's the cost of the truck, the labor, the fuel, the insurance, $88,000. So is it, is it typically a single truck going back and forth 500 times or is no, it? Oh, that takes a little. Okay. <laughs> that takes a little. That would get but, very tedious for the driver too. Yeah. Yeah. And a really long time for the builder and the developer who's, who's doing this, right? Yes. So. I like to break it down for you so so your listeners truly understand how many trucks that is 
and $88,000 is significant. So, so this excavation contractor put together a proposal, let's make believe I'm the developer, and, and I have the 10,000 yards, and I, he is going to move it 30 yards, and so he wins the bid, let's make believe. Okay, then he goes on to Soil Connect, and he finds somebody that needs that dirt only 15 miles away. What just happened? That contractor just made $44,000, right? Because he won the bid at a fixed price from me as a developer. And then he found a closer spot to bring the dirt. So in addition to his normal profit on the job, he found a closer connection and he made $44,000. And and that's what we preach all the time, closer connections. It makes a lot of sense too, given how low margin an industry construction is in general. You know, everyone is always trying to figure out how they can, you know, tighten up budgets and and you know make it a more efficient project. So that makes a ton of sense. You know, on that point, because it is a low margin business, you know, we've seen that it's a slower adopter of technology. All of a sudden, over the last few years, we've seen a lot more development in construction tech and some tech in other industries that are adjacent, but again, very legacy. Why do you think that's happening? And what are you seeing being kind of boots on the ground? So I've been asked that a lot lately. <clears throat> and and from, from my from my seat, what I finally think has happened is all the stars have finally aligned by the following things. 10 years ago, for an example, technology had not yet truly evolved to the way it is nowadays. So let's, let's number one is tech. But even more importantly than, than the tech evolving, I think the, the generations also have now evolved. For an example, when we first launched Soil Connect, we started going after what I call the decision makers, a little bit older in, 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 in age, plus or minus 50 years old, plus or minus. That's who we originally targeted. And, and we, we had tremendous pushback from that generation in getting them to learn new technology. They weren't really that interested. I've done it this way for 30 years. It's worked fine. This is what I'm going to do. Okay, no problem. So we quickly did a pivot. And then we did tremendous amounts of social media on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook. And we went after the 40 and younger crowd. The 40 and younger crowd, they grew up with the cell phone in their hand. They're not afraid of technology. They just keep pushing the buttons until it gets, until it does what they want it to do. And so that is where the younger generation, what I'm calling the younger generation, is adapting to the new technology is they're not really adapting to it because they've always been in it. So it's a combination of the younger generation, the millennials and the Gen Zs coming up through the ranks at the same time that the technology has also evolved. And so that's the perfect storm that all the pieces of the puzzle are now just fitting 
nicely. And that's why we see this con you know, construction tech industry you know, really expanding rapidly all over the place. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, just the evolution of who is in the different industries and what technology we have at our fingertips and in our pockets. That's why I'm seeing a lot of movement in general in B2B marketplaces, which historically were, you know, non-existent or incredibly legacy. And right now they're really modernizing some of these low tech adopting industries and streamlining a ton of processes. Are you finding that some of the people who were a little bit more, you know, legacy in the space are also willing to adopt and shift or are they hesitant and are they fighting some of the change and some of the technology? So I, I, I say this often, if I had a dollar every time I heard this story I'm about to tell you, I probably would never have to do another VC pitch. <laughs> so the story goes like this, <clears throat> is the millennial or Gen Z finds us on Instagram, goes to the upper management, whether it be a parent or a father or whatever, and they'll go, hey, check out this new app I found online. This is what it does. And then the parent says to the child, well, that looks really cool. You play with it and let me know how it works. And so if I had a dollar every time I heard that story, like I said, I probably wouldn't have to do another VC pitch. So that's a long way of saying the older generation, depending upon you know how old they are and and um, and their 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 ability to to change, right? The older we you know, the older we get, we you know change is harder. Um, it is is another reason why um, it's now really starting to happen. The 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 the, the older generation now stepping back a little bit and they see that technology is important. You know, I talk about this all the time. We preach that technology is not an expense. Technology is an investment in your business. The same way that our users will go buy a bulldozer or they'll go buy an excavator they see machinery as a way of generating revenue for them. It's an investment in their business, buying a machine. So when we pitch that technology is also an investment in your business, not an expense to your business, it also takes on another little different tone to it. When you think about it, machinery is just a piece of technology too. It's just physical versus digital. So that, you know, makes a lot of sense. Uh, someone described this really well to me recently. I was speaking to a founder who is building something in the space uh, with appliance repairs. So when people come to your homes to fix your refrigerator or your dishwasher or things like that. And they said that, you know, we, we now all want the Uber Eats experience all the time click button, something happens and it shows up at your house. And yeah. that was a little bit of a light bulb moment to me. It's it's very true. And most people, regardless of generation at this point, have some exposure to that, whether it's you know Uber getting a car, getting food delivered, anything like that. And I think that's starting to permeate. We've, we've discussed for years this concept of consumerization of the enterprise. And it happened first with high-tech companies, but slowly you're seeing that really permeate out to the edges of what was considered more low-tech industries. Uh, you, I could talk about this for, for days about 
how the technology has evolved all of us in, into we want everything now. Why, why, why do we need to wait? And that also goes back to, you know, here again, everything circles back to Soil Connect and creating the closer connections and creating it easier and faster. That, that entire thought process is, is the way, <laughs> is, 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 it is what it is right now, right? We, we all expect everything right now and, and, and the sooner the better, right? Absolutely. One last thing I wanted to discuss with you, which I thought was a very interesting part of your business, is this ability to have an impact on climate and carbon emissions and things like that. So there is a sustainability and environmental impact of what you're doing. How much do people in your industry care about that? And is that something that some of the younger people really do seem to care about? I'm just curious whether that's a pull or whether that's just a benefit on the side. Uh, well, no, I think you nailed it. You, you said it best, is that the, the younger generation is definitely... Um, more influenced by the saving the environment. And, and so, you know, you know, we, you know, it's a generational thing. We, you know, we, we've mentioned that in a lot of what I'm doing, the older generation, we've done it this way. It's lasted. It's fine. I'm good. And it's the younger generation that are becoming our leaders uh, in, in all aspects of our, of our day-to-day life. And yes, the, the millennials and, and younger are definitely more in, in, in inclined um, and understand that the, the value of the CO2 savings that, that we provide. And um, it, it's hard for me though, to, to quantify that for you right now, as far as Soil Connect. Um, in the future, uh, as Soil Connect evolves, um, we have a whole trucking module that we are building and so if, if we had this conversation in a year or in 18 months from now, I'll be able to actually tell you about the amount of miles of the drivers on our site and how that has impacted the CO2 emissions. But we're not, we're not yet there for me to, to regurgitate, if you will, the data, because we're just starting on that aspect of it. That makes sense. I'm glad to hear that the younger generations really do care a lot about that. That's very, uh, very nice to hear. Well, Cliff, this has been amazing. The last question I like to ask all my guests is, have there, has there been a piece of advice that you've been given in your life or in your career that's really stuck with you and are kind of words that you live by? Mm. Well, I have, I have a couple of sayings that, that I, I, I use all the time to, to our team. Um, I'm one of these less is more guys. Uh, I, I, I believe that less is more. Uh, I, I love a kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. I, I love that. We, we talk about that um, all the time. And those are our two core philosophies that, that we've used here at Soil Connect when, when we built our product. Um, un- understanding uh, who our users are and, and less is more and, and solving the problems as simply as we can. So our, our user engagement is, is good and, and we keep them coming back. Um, so th- those are a couple of my one-liners that they love to make fun of me with. I like that. Those are all great ones. Well, Cliff, thank you so much. This has been a fascinating conversation. I definitely learned a lot more about soil and the construction industry than I expected. So thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right.